I used to drive from Oklahoma City to Dallas. And this particular time I had left too late and it was dark, getting darker and darker. I'm by myself and I look and my gas tank is getting a little low. So I thought, okay, the next gas station I see, I'll pull off. So I see an exit coming up and I see a gas station there. Okay, here it is. I, I get off and go down the ramp, get to the stop sign. There is no gas station there at all. Happy Holy and welcome back to Drive With Us Podcast, a podcast where we explore driving cultures around the world by bringing on a new guest each episode to talk about the crazy things they've experienced on the road, who they are as drivers, and how they became the driver they are today. I'm Bob Neat. And I'm Taryn Jeet. But before we get into who today's driver is, we do have a few quick reminders or a quick reminder. Our two-year anniversary giveaway is coming to an end soon. So if you're still interested in entering for a chance to win one of the two Alexa Echo Dots or our DWAP merch bundle, be sure to enter before Friday, March 26th. More details about it are in the show notes below. Also, since next month is Vesaki, which is a huge holiday for six, we wanted to give out a personalized thank you note and sticker to each one of you. Most of our fellow podcasters do th- do this around Christmas time, but since we don't really celebrate Christmas, we decided to do it on our major holiday, Vasaki. So if you would like us to mail you a card and sticker, please fill out your information in the Google form in the show notes below. And there's no purchase or anything necessary, just a huge thank you for being a supporter of the show. That's all. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So let's get into today's driver. Today's driver is Laura Warfell, a writer, editor, and advocate for widows. She has led More Than a Widow, a ministry for widows since 2015 and has driven more miles alone than she ever wants to remember. Like the time she hallucinated a gas station or came face to face with a robber on the run that was coming her way the wrong direction. Let's meet today's driver, Laura Warfell. Welcome, Laura. Thanks so much for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me. I think this is one of the most interesting podcast formats I've ever heard about, and I'm really excited to be part of it. We're super excited to hear all your stories. The first question we love to start off with is, what would you say is the most craziest or most interesting driving experience you have had? Well, I actually came up with two. So the first one, I was in high school, hadn't been driving very long, maybe a year or so. My friend Marianne and I Our parents had given us permission to go to a town six miles away by ourselves. So we got on the expressway and started off, made it there fine, turned around to come back. And as we were approaching an exit ramp, a car was coming down the exit ramp toward us in our lane. I will never forget what it it was nighttime. So the lights are pointing right at you. It was just the craziest experience. We were able to avoid him, and then later on we found out it was somebody who had committed a robbery and was was trying to escape. The other one, I used to drive fairly often from Oklahoma City to Dallas, and this particular time I had left too late from Oklahoma City, and it was dark, getting darker and darker. I'm by myself, and I look, and my gas tank is getting a little low. So I thought, okay, the next gas station I see, I'll pull off. 
there aren't that many places to pull off once you get out of Oklahoma City and before you get into the Dallas metro area. So I see an exit coming up and I see a gas station there. Okay, here it is. I, I get off and go down the ramp, get to the stop sign. There is no gas station there at all. I was so tired. I had somehow hallucinated a gas station <laughs> in my mind. It was crazy. So I was able to get to, to the next exit, which did have a gas station, but I was pretty freaked out by the time I got there. That's crazy. I've heard of people hallucinating all sorts of things, but never a gas station. You must have been really desperate. <laughs> <laughs> Time of need, right? Uh, yeah, there's some dynamic about driving alone in a car that uh, can go kind of crazy sometimes. Yeah, that too, and at night. So both of your stories were at night stories. So right. I feel like, yeah, those are that's when a lot of things do happen. And you're, I don't know, I guess you have to be more aware of your surroundings. And I feel like headlights are one of those things that also like blind people. So they have a yes. harder time driving at night. So having that person come into your lane, I can't imagine how scary that must have been in that moment. And and to be a new driver too. And that like, what do I do? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty crazy. I'm trying to picture this road that you were on. Was there no like median or divider in the middle of the road? Was well, it, just, it, was, like... it was an expressway. So there was the grass median in the middle. And then there were two lanes going our direction. So we're going along in our lane. And we came to an exit ramp where we could have gotten off. But a car was coming down that ramp toward us. So he was going the total wrong direction trying to escape from the police. I don't know if you know what happened, but did he ever get caught? I, he must have. If I if I heard it on the news, I guess he did. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of your hallucination of your gas station story, I know you were talking about another story where you tend to wait until the last minute to get gas. That That's a bad, an old bad habit. I think I finally got rid of that one. But one other significant time that my sister will never let me forget about, she and my nine-year-old nephew and I had done a road trip in Arizona. We had left from Phoenix and we went to the Painted Desert and the Petrified Forest. And then we were coming back toward Phoenix. And I said, oh, I, I want to show you the some cool things that aren't on the main main roads here. Let's get off here. Then my car, at that point, they were making cars that talk to you. I don't think they, I don't know if they make those anymore or not, but this one did. I guess you can turn it off now. This one, you couldn't turn it off. So the car is saying to me, fuel level is low. And it wasn't kidding. It was, it was really low. So they were obviously in this rural part of Arizona, no visible gas stations. I happened to know of a town where there might be one. It was about 30 miles away. So I just decided we were going to take a chance that we could get there. And we did. But it was one of these ancient gas stations with the old-fashioned pumps. They just had a little bit of gas. And we were able to, to get enough gas to get us on to the next town. But it was pretty stressful for my sister, mostly because she didn't have any idea where we were. She just still talks about that and still asks me occasionally, have you filled up your gas tank this week? <laughs> well, hopefully your habit of that has gone away or do you still do that? <laughs> no, I don't do it anymore because of what happened to me 
the only time I ever ran out of gas, it, I was only two miles from home. And it was such a pain to have to, to call AAA and have them come and bring me gas. Yeah, that was bad. So that, that cured me. <laughs> That's what you needed. <laughs> so with all of the driving and different places that you've been, our next question is about stereotypes of different drivers. So have you noticed that there are any stereotypes of drivers in different areas or different driving methods of drivers in different areas that you've been? I lived in Chicago for about 15 years total at two different times, five years at one time and 10 years at another time. And just the general aggressiveness of the drivers in the Chicago area is like no place else. I mean, it it's you just have to be prepared for anything at all times. So that's how I would characterize the Chicago area drivers. Then I moved recently from Chicago to St. Louis. The driving is very different. People here probably would not notice or agree, but I think one of the worst problems here is that just the lack of courteousness. People just pull out in front of you or cut you off. And it's not aggressiveness, but just not polite driving, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yeah, that makes sense. We actually had a guest that just came on recently talking about the opposite of what you're describing of drivers there, where he was saying that where he lives, drivers will wave at each other. And then one time he didn't wave and he felt so bad. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I wish I lived there, but I didn't know that Chicago was that bad. We're in Maryland. And so obviously like Baltimore and DC area, people are very aggressive, but I don't know, maybe Chicago's worse. I guess it's all in, in your perspective of how much you can handle, too, because I know different times when I would be a passenger with people who were used to driving in Chicago much more than I was, they they just didn't even think anything about it. They would just move in and out of the traffic and do whatever they need to do and not worry about what the other cars were doing too much. Probably just became a habit or they just got used to it and like, it's in my blood. Yeah, I think that's it. Or maybe I'm too sensitive. Maybe that's part of the problem. So if you were given the option of being the driver or the passenger, which would you choose? Well, at this time in my life, I don't really have an option. I am always the driver, but I would choose to be the passenger. And I've had some great passenger experiences of driving with excellent drivers at the wheel. It's a, There's such a trust issue there because I know right now there's probably maybe five people I really feel like I trust that I can relax when I'm a passenger with them in the in their car. So I think the trust issue is is a big factor for me. So I'm thinking about your gas station story again. I don't know why I just keep going back there, but I'm guessing your sister prefers if she is a passenger in your car, she probably won't leave you alone about that. But would she prefer to be the passenger in your car or rather drive? Well, it's interesting. Here's an interesting story about that. When my husband passed away and my sister, of course, was one of the first people there after it happened. And she said, what What can I do for you? What? How can I help you? What, what can I do? And I said, just drive, just drive. I, I can't drive anymore. My husband was blind. And so I did all the driving for him and our three children. That was a huge, huge burden. And so my sister is definitely one person I trust at the wheel when I'm a passenger and I can 
relax and be comfortable when she's driving. Here's a here's an interesting question. How would you describe your driving? And would you say that your family and friends would describe your driving in the same way? I think I'm a very good driver, mostly evidenced by the fact I haven't had any accidents since my first year of driving. So I would qualify that by saying my friends who knew me in high school probably don't remember me as a good driver because my first year of driving was terrible. So it would be interesting to ask them at a class reunion or something (laughs) what they think of my driving. But my record shows that I'm a good driver now. You did mention that right after getting your license, I think it was like an hour or so after you ended up rear-ending someone. Yes, I did. And I told my sister I was going to be doing this podcast and I was going to actually talk about that. And she couldn't (laughs) believe it. (laughs) (laughs) But I was actually ready to talk about it after all these years. But yeah, I had gotten my license and my sister was in the car with me and we were driving down the main street of our small town and I was showing off and one of my friends happened to be over at the Dairy Queen and I had to wave and honk and do all this stuff and ended up rear-ending a woman. So that was a terrible thing that it was an accident, but also that all my friends in high school knew about it. And that was really embarrassing. Yeah, I was going to ask because it's like, if you live in such a small town, like how quickly did everyone learn about this and knew, like, were they talking about this for a while? Oh yeah, probably half an hour later, everybody knew. And then my nickname in high school was Rex, W-R-E-C-K-S. My dad's name was Rex, R-E-X. So that was kind of a little joke, but not very funny for me. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously not. But like after the fact, now that you're thinking back on it, you're like, okay, it's not as bad. Yeah, now now it's fine. (laughs) Then it was not. But I feel like a lot of first time or new drivers are not great drivers. So if you're better now, that's all that matters. Right. And that was one reason why I was attracted to your podcast, because I really wanted to share that message that for young drivers, that it's important to learn how to be careful from the very beginning because driving is a a risky business. Even today, there are so many more things that can cause problems for a person who's driving a car. And my message would just be for young drivers to be responsible and be careful and pay attention to your driving and make that your focus. Yeah, that's really important for a lot of people to hear, especially with all the distractions like phones and stuff. And a lot of people don't have 100% attention on the road. And things can happen so quickly. And that that's exactly what happened to me in a split second. Well, luckily, that was not a serious instance. But still, it's like a lesson learned. And it teaches you right. to like pay more attention. So nothing serious does happen the next time you're not paying attention. And that was emotional injury for me, because I was so embarrassed and I, you know, of course, I'm never driving again, blah, blah, blah. It was my dad's new car. My sister was with me. I mean, there's so many bad things about it. And my dad was great. He he just made me get right back out there and start driving again, trusted me, didn't put me down, didn't, you know, stay confident in, in my ability to handle it. And that meant a lot. Yeah, that's really good to hear. It's really important to have that support to get you back out there and like keep trying. Right. 
So on a lighter note or a funnier <laughs> note, I don't know how to, but this is a funny type of question. Would you consider yourself someone who honks or is a honker? No, I am not a honker. I am not a finger flipper. I, I will say things in the car, but I do not address the other drivers. That's one thing I learned driving in Chicago. My sister makes fun of me now, but not, you never look at the other drivers. You never make eye contact with the other drivers. You just keep looking straight ahead because you don't want to engage with the other drivers, even, even if they're doing something ridiculous. That's interesting. I never heard that before. <laughs> yeah, because as soon as you as soon as you make eye contact with somebody, they can interpret that as aggression, and you just never know what might happen, especially when you're alone in the car again. What that weirdly reminds me of is, I don't know if Chicago has this or not, but it's really prevalent in Baltimore. There's a lot of people that would just like, usually younger kids that are like standing on the corners to like clean your windshield. And that's what that reminded me of. It was like, don't make eye contact with them and they won't come to your car. If you do make eye contact, does it tend to lead to road rage? And have you ever experienced road rage? I have experienced road rage, and that's my theory that the eye contact or looking at someone is, is like an invitation to engage. So that's, that's the reason why I would never do it. I did experience the worst situation of road rage I've ever experienced. I, I had a fairly lengthy morning commute, morning and evening commute, not as long as the one you and your sister do. But so I was starting out on my morning commute and the sun was just barely up and I wasn't even totally awake yet, I don't think. And I saw this guy over, I was in the left lane, he was over in the right lane. I don't know what his problem was, but he started honking and then he literally aimed his car at my car and started driving toward me. And I was sure that he was gonna just drive right into me. And I, I couldn't, easily veer. So I just, it was just a total blessing. I was at a point where I could turn. And so I turned left and was able to avoid him. But that was the scariest situation of road rage I'd ever experienced. That is another level. I, why? Like, why is this person driving at you? Like, not only is he going to hurt you, but he could injure himself too. That's crazy. I right. hope it never happens again. And, you know, you think, well, maybe he was having a bad day. <laughs> maybe he was high or something. I, I don't, maybe I did something I, that I didn't realize I did. I don't know, but it, something triggered it. Yeah, but I definitely don't think it warranted that extreme of a reaction. Right. That was pretty extreme. Speaking of annoying drivers or in road rage, what would you say is your biggest driving pet peeve? Oh, easily. And it's so common where I'm living now. I don't know if it, if it is in other places, but people who pull out in front of me without giving themselves enough time to get ahead of me. So then I have to slow down to avoid hitting them. And to me, that's just rude. <laughs> I, I don't get it. I just don't get it. I feel like whenever we ask this question to every guest and every time they list a pet peeve, I'm like, yep, that happens here too. And like, Yep, that's one of my pet peeves, which is like adding to my list of peeves. <laughs> oh, no, that, that's going to make your commute more miserable. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's the worst when someone just, especially if you're already going a high speed and then they pull right. in front of you and you have to like slam on the brakes just to avoid hitting them. Right. That's annoying. And then if there's the thing that makes it even worse, if there's nobody behind me 
I'm thinking, what was what was the big rush to to get out here? I don't don't understand. So going into road trips or drives, what would you say is the longest drive you've ever had? By myself, probably eight hours. And on a road trip, my sister, I was moving from Phoenix to St. A lot of things happened with my sister. This is really interesting. Um, (laughs) I was moving from Phoenix to St. Louis. And so she flew out to Phoenix and we were going to drive back together. So we loaded up my car with all the things that I didn't want to send with the movers. So it was packed tight and the two of us wedged in there and we ended up hitting a snowstorm and we were right in the middle of it. And so it ended up taking us three days to make the trip. We thought we could do it in one and a half or two. And that was a pretty scary trip. She still talks about that one too. <laughs> Seems like you had a lot of adventures with your sister and then she never leaves you alone about it. <laughs> She has a long memory. (laughs) She does it in a nice way, though. Well, that's good to hear. Has this long trip made you dislike driving or not like it as much? Or do you still enjoy it? No, I still, I love driving. I love road trips. I love being in the car. It's funny now with this year when we... We've had so much time for sheltering in place and I haven't driven nearly as much as I usually do. And sometimes I'll come back from somewhere and I'll just sit in my car for a while and listen to music. And there's just something about that sound of the music inside the car that is just, it's like your own private little music studio or something. It's so cool. I agree with you. That's like, that's my Zen place. <laughs> uh, Going back into your driving first, how would you describe your first time driving experience and who was it with? My first time driving was with my dad in the parking lot at our church. And he just had me drive around and make turns and circles and that kind of thing, just to get familiar with all the operating of the car, operation of the car and the controls and so forth. Then we did have driver's ed when I was in high school and and I did complete the driver's ed training too. When you went to go take your test, how was that? And did you have to parallel park? Yes, we did have to parallel park on the test. And I, I did okay with it. My The town where we were living, we didn't really have parallel parking in very many places at that time. So it was it was real easy. It was just kind of by the side of a building. It wasn't, wasn't too much to it. But yeah, I did I did find on my test. I passed it the first time and no problems with that. Well, look at you. You're a pro. <laughs> Would you say that parallel parking is something that's important to have on the test? Because a lot of places are getting rid of it. Parallel parking doesn't really exist in that many places anymore. And now we have so many of the cars that can basically parallel park for you. I think at different times in my life, I struggled with parallel parking, and I finally had to master it because I was living in an old four-flat building in St. Louis that was built in the 1920s, and the streets were one way and very narrow, and that was the only option you had was to park parallel park on the street. So a friend of mine just got in the car with me and said, you're going to master this, you're going you're gonna to do this, and she just made me keep doing it until I 
till I could do it. And the way that she taught me was so cool because she said, it's just geometry. You're just making a shape with your car as you're moving. And that's, that's how you need to think of it. And whatever size car you're in, you can do this. And she was right because eventually a few years later, I had to parallel park our van and I was able to do it. So some of it is just mastering the technique and overcoming your fears of it. That's an interesting way to learn. I wish I had someone who taught me an easy way to parallel park. I feel like I had to just keep trying over and over again because my instructor, I had just, you just like zoned out and didn't really care. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of a lost art, I think, at this point. But speaking of cars that are able to parallel park themselves, I feel like not too far in the future, we'll have cars that are able to basically do all the driving and we'll just be able to sit in the car. What are your thoughts on this? And would you be comfortable getting in that car? I personally think that's going to be a hard sell for people who learn to drive, driving their own cars. I, my grandkids, they'll, that will probably be what they'll be driving. And But for me, I think it would be really tough to trust the machine even even though I'm human and I make errors and I make mistakes, I still think I would have a hard time trusting the machine. I agree with you. I mean, I I think for me, it's mostly I just love driving so much that it's like, I don't want to give that control over to you. <laughs> right. There's something, there's, there's a sense of adventure in driving and it, it gives us the opportunity to go places that we couldn't go on foot. And it gives us the opportunity to experience a faster speed than we could go as a human being. And it gives us the opportunity to gather together with people that we care about inside of the vehicle. And I can remember some really fun family driving experiences, just talking and laughing and singing and and those kinds of things. And that's, that's all wrapped up in driving to me. Yeah, road trips will never be the same if they were self-driving cars. Right. Bonus question time. Are you ready? I'm ready. If you could make one new driving law, what would it be? I think it would be what we were talking about, about the cars pulling out in front of other cars. I don't know what kind of law that could actually be, but maybe a rule that you had to see a, see the car at a certain distance or judge the certain distance by some kind of a marker. Like they used to tell us when I was learning how to drive, not to get too close to the car in front of you. So you would have like one car length for each 10 miles an hour. Of course that doesn't happen anymore, but that that's how we learned to judge how far back you should be from the car in front of you. And maybe something like that, some kind of a a rule that would be taught that count to 10 before you pull out or, you know, just something like that. To me, that's one of the biggest problems. And I think that's probably a symptom of a deeper problem of just the rudeness of people on the road and not considering other people's safety. Yeah, I feel like that's the same thing, same way I feel. And yeah, if they could teach more safety methods in the way to properly drive a car when kids are learning in like driver's ed or something, I feel like it might be a little better. And I know like a lot of skills aren't even really taught. You just have to learn as you go, which is not the best way all the time. 
Right. And I know a lot of my younger friends, they waited to get their licenses because they felt like they weren't ready at age 16 to get their license. And so some of my friends got their licenses at 18 or 21. And that gave them more time to mature also. Because when you think about trusting a powerful machine to someone who isn't totally matured yet, that that's something to think about, something to consider. That's easy for me to say now that I'm way past that age, but I think leaving it up to the students sometimes, the teenager is good because sometimes they can make the choice and say, I'm really not ready for this responsibility yet. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people at that age are just like, no, I want to go get my license. But there may be the rare few who are like, okay, I'll wait because I don't feel ready. But I've, a lot of younger kids are like, my friend has her license. I'm ready to get my license because it, I guess, indicates they have more freedom and they can they now drive themselves to wherever they want to go. That's a good point. And I think sometimes, depending where you live, like in my situation, it was a small town, so it wasn't really so much the freedom, but it was it was the rite of passage that I'm 16, now I get my driver's license, everybody has a driver's license at 16, I have to have my driver's license. And now, you know, depending where you live, people can have different reasons why they want to get their license. Do you think that the age limit should be, like, should the limit be raised to a higher age for getting your permit slash license? Or do you think where it's at right now is fine? I really like all the requirements they have in place now for student drivers that they have to log so many hours behind the wheel with another driver in the car before they can even even take their test. So I think nowadays student drivers have to pass more milestones before they can get their license. And I, I think that's a good thing. It makes them think about it more seriously, I think. Yeah, I've, I know that there's those like requirements in place, but I feel like a lot of people cheat the system. So I don't know how effective they are, but I guess they're effective for some. <laughs> do you have any final thoughts? I know you gave like a tip earlier, but do you have any other tips or final thoughts that you would like to say or give to other drivers? I think things that I've learned in my driving career, I guess you can say career, one is to not to drive when you're tired or sleepy because it's so easy to push ourselves too hard and think, oh, well, it's not that far. I can do it. I can make it. Also, we have so much great weather information now to pay attention to the weather and not fool ourselves into thinking that we can outrun the, the weather. I think that's really important. And then I think for women driving alone, just to be prepared, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of AAA and having that safety net in case something does go wrong, but to also keep things in your car that you might need, like I have a blanket and jumper cables and that kind of thing. So that's important, especially for women driving alone. And if you are a woman driving alone, keep your doors locked. Yes, those are great tips. And I feel like a lot of people don't actually think about the emergency situation until it's too late. So it's important to consider those things before an emergency happens. Right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And I know that you have a ministry for widows. I do. Where can people find you if they want to check it out? People can find me at laurawarfel.com. That's L-A-U-R-A-W-A-R-F is in friendly, E-L.com. And I have a blog there and also links to my social media 
pages and people can find me there. Well, thanks again so much for coming on. We enjoyed hearing your crazy driving stories. And I guess every time you're with your sister, you get more crazy driving stories. <laughs> uh, ho- hopefully not. <laughs> but she, she's been uh, very, very patient and, and a great supporter and encourager all through all my crazy driving stories. I could never let my gas levels get that low, ever. But you have. I know. <laughs> so what are you talking about? One time I'll get to that. But she had a moment where she hallucinated a gas station because that's how many times she's let her gas get that low. Like crazy. crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't. I I'd just be too stressed out. Well, as you mentioned, I have had a moment where I've almost run out of gas, but have you ever had that moment? I haven't like run out of gas. The closest closest I have come is when I had to drive from here to New York to a dentist and I started with a full tank here in Maryland and then we were getting up and he was like he's in nor- upstate New York yeah I think and so we were getting close and I'm like uh because my dad went with me and I'm like uh I'm running out of gas I'm not gonna make it he's like you're gonna make it I'm like I'm not gonna make it <laughs> you're gonna make, make it, it. <laughs> like that thing it's like they're gonna find out they're not gonna find out yeah I'm gonna make it so we made it up there and I was so close to, I don't know if I was like under, I was under quarter tank at that point. And I'm like, oh my gosh, where am I going to get a gas station? But luckily there was one right by there. Where are you going to get a gas station? Yeah, where am I going to get a gas station? <laughs> Somewhere on the road. <laughs> yeah, so that's the closest I've been. I never let it get below quarter tank ever. So my gas, low gas story, <laughs> my low gas story. <laughs> so this was when I think I was dropping you off for your SAT yes. test. Yes. <laughs> so what happened was I saw the gas tank when we got in the car and I was like, I think it was just under a quarter. Or I was was act- it you dropping me off or a brother? No, I dropped you. him It was off. you. Yeah. It was you. Uh, so I think it was at quarter tank gas or maybe a little below. And I was like, but we were running late, I think. So I was like, I'll just get it after I drop you off. Like, no big deal. It's not that far. Because so, uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't want to make you late because we we're already like cutting it close. Uh-huh. So I dropped you off, and I another time a dad's direction story. So, you should have asked me for directions, even though I didn't know where it was. He had mentioned that there was a gas station on the way to that high school where or middle school, the school where you're taking the SAT test. So I was like trying to remember where he was describing this was, and I was like, just to be safe, I'm just gonna put it in the GPS. Smart, <laughs> except. <laughs> I chose the wrong gas station in a different part, in a completely different town. Like, not even... How? (laughs) How? I don't know, because when I Googled the name of the gas station, the one that the first one that came... You would think the first one that comes up is the closest to you, right? Maybe. The first one that came up is the one I selected, because I assume that's the one that's right there. But doesn't it tell you... It tells you distance. Okay, I'm still a new driver, okay? This kind of stuff didn't go through my mind. Yeah. I'm just assuming that because it was the first one that popped up on the search, like, in order, it's by order of closest to furthest. I assume that. I click the first one, and I'm going and going, and five minutes pass, ten minutes pass, and I'm like, okay, the gas station should be on this road. Like, where is it? <laughs> I keep driving and driving, and I was like, okay, now I'm in some area I don't recognize. <laughs> like, this is not how I got went to go drop you off. This is not the route I took. 
then the fuel light turns on. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, now I'm going to run out of gas. I'm like, I don't even know where I am. Like, this is familiar. <laughs> At least it wasn't as sketchy. It wasn't sketchy. It was like some wide open road with like multiple lanes. And I'm like, when is this gas station coming? It kept saying I was getting close to it, but I was like, uh, I'm gonna, ma- am I gonna make it? Like, I have no gas left. <laughs> like, the light's on. Uh, but, like, luckily with Toyotas, I think they can drive a good, decent amount, like, miles. They knew that people were gonna wait till the light. <laughs> but I end up getting to this gas station. It is not the one that our dad told. It was, like, this brand new, open, huge, multiple gas station stalls stalls <laughs> sure pumps stalls. multiple pumps like it was huge it was not the one that i was supposed to that i was intending to go to the small little one on the corner <laughs> but i get gas i made it there just in time like i was freaking out the entire time i like another right. moment of me trying to remember my dad's directions like <laughs> it was bad but the thing is like we actually posted a blog post about this which is on our website plug 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 Charge, charge, charge. (laughs) Charge, charge. It sounds like you're charging them instead of... (laughs) Charging your memory. I'm charging your memory. (laughs) So you remember. Feel, feel, feel. feel. (laughs) But we posted a blog post about how if you constantly go below quarter tank, you are actually damaging your car. So... Don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) But that was Laura's story. Laura's story. (laughs) That was Laura's stories and my one gas story. <laughs> <laughs> but if you or anyone you know has any crazy driving stories or experiences and would like to come on the show, fill out the interest form on our website at drivewithuspodcast.com. And be sure to stay tuned until the end for a sneak peek of next week's episode. And don't forget to come hang out with us on our Discord channel. Come chat with us all things driving. Hang out with the other listeners and hang out with us. Thanks for driving with us. And now, a sneak peek. My unit is a Dodge Ram pickup truck. Fully marked on the sides. Very large letters. I'm on the interstate. Not, I'm doing I'm doing about 65 and 60 and this guy like comes flying up behind me and he is tailgating. I'm talking, he's probably three feet off my bumper. Well, as soon as he gets a chance, he whips around and just guns it and goes past me. And he went by me so fast, he about sucked the stickers off the side of my unit.